Welcome to a special mini episode of the Astro Guy podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Zool. So over the course of the next few months, I have a lot of really interesting things planned for the podcast, and I hope that you'll enjoy them. Welcome to the Astro Guy podcast. I'm not an expert. I'm an amateur like you. I'm here to learn and here to teach. So let's enjoy the ride together. Carpe Noctum, seize the night. Hi, I'm your host, Wayne Zool, and this is the Astro Guy podcast. So I want to tell you about a few things that we have coming up uh, over the next couple of months. In May, I'm going to be releasing a video about how I captured, stacked, and processed an image I took of M81. It was uh, done over eight hours through a Celestron 8. I learned a lot by doing it, and I hope that you'll learn a lot uh, by watching it as well. That one is really geared for the astrophotographers, so uh, any any astrophotographer that's just starting out or... Uh, is an intermediate uh, astrophotographer, you'll probably benefit from this because I'm going to go into the ASI Air software and I'm also going to show the process in Astro Pixel Processor and then how I did the post-processing in PixInsight. So that should be pretty fun. I also have another episode I'm looking to release probably in June, which is going to be all about the Stellafane Convention. Now, if you're not familiar with Stellafane, it's the oldest and largest amateur telescope-making convention in the world. It takes place in Vermont every summer, and there's a lot of history and some really great things that happen up there. Some amazing observatories. People come from all over the world to display and compete with their homemade scopes, and there's all kinds of different things that they make. It's a really fun event, and... Uh, you know, you often see about it in Sky Telescope magazine or astronomy magazine. So uh, it should be something that you're familiar with. But uh, what's great about this episode is the guests who I'm going to have on. I have three guests coming on. All three of the guests have attended the Stellafane Convention 50 times each. So uh, the guests that are going to be coming on are Phil Harrington. You may know him from uh, Sky Telescope or Astronomy Magazine, where he's currently an editor, or one of his many books, or maybe you know him from Cloudy Nights. Phil's a great guy, and he has a lot of great insight that he's going to add. I also have Richard Sanderson, who also attended 50 conventions, and uh, Richard is a, a former director of the planetarium at the Springfield Science Museum, and I'm probably getting that wrong, and we'll correct that when we get to the episode. Uh, and then the third guest is someone I've known for a long time, a gentleman named Dennis Cassia. And Dennis is a uh, retired firefighter and currently a firefighter instructor in Connecticut. And Dennis, like me, is a member of the Springfield Telescope Makers, which is the club that runs the convention. Uh, and Dennis has some great insight on it as well. Dennis runs the uh, beginner programs at Stella Fan. So between Dennis, Phil, and, and Richard, it's going to be an awful lot of fun. So look out for that. Again, I think that's going to be out sometime in June. I'm recording this on April 18th of 2023. And just a couple of days ago, uh, this past weekend actually, was NEE for the Northeast Astronomy Forum, which takes place in Suffern, New York at Rockland Community College. NEE is the largest vendor show in the world for astronomy. 
Neve started in 1991 and grew from a, a pretty small event to what's now the largest astronomy vendor event in the world. There are people that attend this event from all over. I actually met somebody there on Sunday who was from Australia who came up not just for Neef, but he was in the States and extended the time he was going to be here just so he could go to the to the conference. One of the uh, interesting things about the conference is they also have an astro imaging conference that takes place a couple days before, just a few miles away. And, and that's a great experience for anybody interested in astrophotography. Um, I'm hoping to attend that next year. I have not attended it yet, but I know many people who have, and they say it's a great learning experience. One of the great things about Neef is it's a vendor show. So there's vendors from all over. The, well, the big vendor this year was ZWO. Uh, they released several new products, uh, and I'm going to go back to that in a minute. But there were hundreds of vendors there, not just manufacturers. There were a couple of distributors there. It would have been nice to see some of the other distributors that are normally there that weren't there this year. Besides the manufacturers and distributors that are there, there's also astronomy clubs and organizations that show up and set up displays. The Springfield Telescope Makers, the club that runs Stellafane, they had a mirror grinding demo and information about the convention and some of the club history. Several of the clubs uh, that I belong to were there and had displays set up. So it's really a fun event. They have excellent speakers. Uh, this year, they had a couple people from the Apollo program, including Fred Hayes, who was an astronaut on Apollo 13. So they have excellent speakers that come through, and it's just a great event. But the, the big showstopper this year was ZWO. They released several new products at the show. Um, some of them were not expected to be released, and other ones... Uh, I know people have been begging for for a long time, uh, but I'm just going to go through them pretty quickly. Uh, the first thing that they released was an update to the ASIR Plus. It's instead of a 32 gigabyte uh, EMMC memory, it now has 256 gigabytes. So a lot more storage on there. You don't have to, uh, with the bigger cameras, you don't have to worry as much about running out of space. Um, but that's not, not the big one. Uh, one of the things that people have been clamoring for for a long time from ZWO is a rotator. So the, the rotator is called the ACC. That is going to be available for release, I believe, sometime in June. One of the very interesting products that they released is they released a new version of the ASI 2600 MC Pro camera, which has a second camera built in. It's got a small guide camera built into it. So this eliminates the need for a guide scope. And if you have a big enough image circle, you should be able to use it with no problem. I believe the price point on that is $2,000, which is a good deal. It's not much more than the 2,600 cells for now. And not having to have a separate guide scope and a separate guide camera is a great thing for people that are maybe just starting out or have been around a while and don't want to deal with all that extra stuff. In my opinion, I think it's a really uh, great addition to the line of products that ZWO has. Another major product announcement that they had at the show was the release of the AM3, which is the second mount that they've released now. Uh, in 2021, they came out with the AM5, which is a harmonic mount. So 
the, the great thing with the harmonic mounts is you really don't need counterweights. You can use them, but they're not necessary under a certain weight limit. The AM3 is just a smaller version. It's a little bit less. I think uh, the base unit sells for $1,500. Capacity is a little bit less on it, but uh, it's a great mount. I know people who have the AM5 and they absolutely love it. They say it's a great mount. And I'm expecting that the AM3 is going to be just as good as the AM5. And then uh, one of the other things that they released is four new telescopes that are ZWO branded telescopes. Now, from what I understand, the telescopes are made by Ascar or Sharpstar. Uh, so they're, they're scopes that are already out there, but they've been rebranded and they now are red. So they match all the ZWO products. So the smallest scope is a 65 millimeter F6.4 APO refractor. That's retailing for $999. The next scope is the FF80 APO. That's an 80 millimeter F7.5. And the APOs are all quadruplets. They use four different lenses uh, in the objective to produce a flat color-free image. Stepping up from the 80 millimeter, is the ZWO FF107 APO, which retails for $24.99. That's $2,499. That's a 107 millimeter F7.5 refractor. And the last one that they released is the FF130 APO, which retails for $3,499. And that's a 130 millimeter F7 refractor. These I'm assuming are going to be just as good as the Sharp Star and Ascar uh, versions of the same telescopes. So they'll produce beautiful, crisp, clear images, sharp images with virtually no uh, aberrations. So while I don't have one, one day hopefully I'll have one and I can test it out and have some fun. Uh, the last item that ZWO released is called the Sea Star, and that is a self-contained observatory. I guess that's the best way to put it. Uh, it's a telescope with a camera built into it. I believe it's a 50 millimeter refractor with the ASI 462 MC camera inside the scope. And it's a self-contained mount. It retails for $499. Right now, they have a special that if you buy it before June, it's only $399. This will do it all. It's all automated. You put it on a tripod, open an app on your phone. This device will figure out where it is and you can tell it, I want to look at this and it'll go to it and start taking pictures and live stacking it. You're not going to get super high quality images like you would with cooled AstroCam, which are really designed for deep sky imaging. But this is going to be nice for electronic assisted astronomy. Maybe you have kids or somebody who's new into the hobby this is a great entry-level tool for them to be able to see a lot more than just looking through binoculars or a scope. That's going to be shipping sometime around June, uh, but it looked like a really cool device. I'm going to post links to everything so that way you can take a look for yourself. So that was the, the big items from ZWL, which was a lot. And they had a, the biggest booth, one of the biggest booths there. Uh, and their, their booth was crazy. There was people there constantly and, and everybody was looking at their stuff. It was really great. On April 14th, 2023, the ESA launched JUICE, the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer. This probe was designed to make detailed observations of Jupiter and several of its large moons. There are 10 different instruments on board JUICE, and once it gets to Jupiter, 
it's going to do 35 flybys of three of the Jovian moons, Ganymede, Callisto, and Europa. So it's going to be very interesting to see what this probe is going to find out. Uh, it's possible that all three of those moons have oceans underneath their surfaces. So it's really going to be uh, an exciting mission to watch. So stay tuned for that. SpaceX is launching Starship on April 20th after a delay on the 17th. They did a wet dress rehearsal on the 17th, loading the Starship full of propellant, but there was a problem with a valve, so they scrubbed the launch until April 20th. At least when I'm recording it, that was this morning. There was a brief hold at 40 seconds where they were able to make some minor changes and fix a, a minor issue. They reset the clock to 40 seconds. At 8.33 on the 20th, Starship engines fired up, and of the 33 Raptor engines, unfortunately only 27 of them actually came to life and fired. The stacked Starship slowly lifted off the pad and started climbing. It reached a peak altitude of about 35 kilometers. The booster was supposed to separate, and the Starship engines were supposed to bring it into orbit. Unfortunately, something went wrong. And as SpaceX puts it, there was a RUD, or Rapid Unscheduled Disassembly. So the rocket exploded uh, about 25 kilometers high. Uh, it was doing some loops and spins. It was not doing what it was supposed to do. But apparently the SpaceX staff has said they learned quite a lot from the launch today. And hopefully in a few months when they do another orbital test, They'll actually make it up there this time. So that's the update on the Starship. And there's a lot of really cool things coming up with Starship uh, as well. Once they get all the kinks worked out and they get it to be a regular working craft to ferry people up to space and back, it's going to be used, uh, a modified version of the Starship is going to be used to land astronauts on the moon. So it's going to be a, a fun program to watch and SpaceX always keeps it exciting, and even though today's launch ended in an explosion, they don't view it as a failure. They view it as a learning experience, and I think that's a, a great lesson that we can all learn from. The Starship is the most powerful rocket ever built, so it's going to be really fun to watch that and see how that goes. So those are some things to look forward to in the, next, in the near future. So stay tuned for that, and I have a couple of days when I release What's Up in the May Skies episode. So come back and see us then. Thanks for listening. May your skies be clear, and as always, Carpe Noctum. Seize the night. I'm Wayne Zool, and this was the Astro Guy Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, your questions, comments, and suggestions are welcome. Keep wondering. Keep your eyes on the sky. Have fun. Carpe Noctum. Seize the night.